0: Welcome to Beacon 76, I'm Jason, I'm William. Hey guys, how you doing today? So what's up William, how you been bud? I'm hanging
1: in there. Uh, During our time away from each other, I took some time to watch the Little Things.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, did you watch that? No, I haven't seen it yet. That's the one with uh, Denzel Washington, huh?
1: And Rami Malek and Jared Leto.
0: Is it on uh, HBO Max? HBO Max now. It's okay.
1: one of the, the free-released movies that came out on HBO Max for Warner Brothers. Yeah. You know, three Oscar-award-winning actors right. together in one movie. It was good, but I think that as I was watching it, I thought it was going to go in a whole other direction mm-hmm. than it did. I thought I was gonna have this whole other deeper level. I was, wasn't was taking it for face value, I was trying to read into it, and then at the end of the movie, what I was thinking was gonna happen didn't pan out, so in a way it didn't quite meet my expectations, but Jared Leto, mm-hmm. he stole the show. Really? So yeah. Really. Yeah, I really have to watch out. it. He really stood
0: out. Yeah, I have to definitely watch it. I hadn't seen it yet. Um, you know, you know what's funny to me is like before they started putting all these movies and bringing them out to like free watch, you mm-hmm. know, or you got like Netflix putting all out their original series like one one a week for the next year, and then you got Disney doing their series on on. Disney, and then you got HBO putting out their series. You got Apple putting out their series, which I haven't even seen because I don't have an Apple squat to Mm -hmm. even try to watch any of that stuff.
1: And then Amazon Prime.
0: Amazon Prime. Everybody's putting out their own original stuff.
1: Yeah, even the Peacock with NBC's The Peacock. They have their original content as well.
0: Right, right. This is just me, Mm -hmm. right? But I feel like some of that stuff, because they're putting it out for... Like streaming, people you know for free and stuff, that um, the quality of it isn't as up to par or as good as it would be if they were putting it out in theaters. On on not on everything, but on a lot of stuff that I've watched.
1: I will agree on some levels because I've seen that with some of the original Netflix movies yeah. that they've made,
0: and I think Netflix is probably the one that I'm most disappointed with.
1: Um, but so far as far as HBO Max I have an understanding that most of these movies are either finished or they're in development and they will be released this year mm-hmm. but I don't feel like they've been off to a good start with what they're releasing on HBO Max For if you have a subscription no. that was supposed to be intended to be released in theaters we've had a Wonder Woman <clears throat> and now you're going to have to set your own opinion about the little things and decide for yourself regarding that Roger that you know obviously we're both looking forward to Kong versus Godzilla and Mortal Mm -hmm. Kombat Mm -hmm. and the next Matrix movie has a title now it's supposed to be I think it's the Matrix 4 Resurrection or something like that
0: I don't know and don't forget like in a couple weeks we got the Snyder Cut coming out
1: Mm -hmm. mhm that's uh, actually next month it's in March
0: Oh, in March, you're right. March March. 18th,
1: I think it
0: is. Yeah, definitely in March. I just, I I, I haven't really been feeling it as far as some of these movies that they're putting out, Mm -hmm. you know, and and with the uh, streaming. But whatever. I mean, it is what it is, you know. It's not like we're not paying for the streaming, so we're paying for it. So I would feel like I would want them to put out good quality stuff for us to watch. Mm -hmm. We just don't.
1: And we're the ones that make the choice. We don't, uh, to subscribe, but we don't make the choices as far as what content gets put out.
0: Exactly, exactly. It would be nice if we had <laughs> did have some sort of say in what's coming out or not. Like, you know, give us some give a, if we're paying for the streaming link, and you're going to put stuff out for us to watch. Then give us the opportunity to be able to say whether we want to see it or not.
1: I uh, honestly, I'm I. I'm close to wanting to get rid of my subscription to Netflix, especially since the price just went up another dollar. Yeah, true story. But uh, the wife's not on board with it yet.
0: Yeah, we're not. We haven't reached <laughs> that plateau yet, man. But you know, we're standing on the ledge, bro. Mm-hmm. We're like really standing on the ledge of getting rid of, of dropping Netflix mm-hmm. for sure.
1: And uh, with Disney Plus, obviously, you know they transitioned from the Mandalorian right over to WandaVision, which everyone's watching right now. Yes, and I think that you and I will be in agreement of probably creating a whole episode where we just discuss Wonderful. what's happening with that.
0: Matter of fact, we can even talk about maybe jumping into that next next week if we want to. Well, we
1: could, I'd rather wait until the series is over.
0: We can do that. All yeah. right. Yeah, that sounds that way. We can just have a full on conversation mm-hmm. about it. I like that.
1: Um, but recent news since we're on the topic of Disney Plus. A rumor came out, and the actor that plays Klaus from the Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. his name is Robert Sheehan, mm-hmm. and it's rumored that he's going to appear as a young Jack Sparrow Ooh. in a Disney Plus series, like a Pirates of the Caribbean Disney Plus series. Really? That so would a rumor, be. A, that'd be interesting. Uh, but I'm not sure if you've heard on your social media feed that they're also going to be working on a Wakanda Disney Plus series.
0: Yeah, I did did read something about that and again, I don't know if it's, you know, true or rumors. It's hard to, it's hard to get any real truth sometimes in what's being told out there, you know, because people just drop stuff all the time just to get, get views or get likes or, be heard and whether or not it's true or not but yes i did hear something about that Yeah, so we'll see man i don't know i'm excited though because there there is a lot of stuff getting ready to drop uh this year Uh, we had that conversation when we did you know our podcast about the hbo streaming and what disney's got coming out as far as their streaming is concerned when movies are supposed to be dropping, as long as they quit moving movie dates back, we got some movies coming out soon. Yeah, And And if they open up these freaking theaters finally, you know, I'm telling you, man, I'm surprised they haven't started a riot for not having movie theaters open. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: living in California, we're the ones that are ruining it because I know that in other states, theaters are
0: open. Man, I could probably drive up to Nevada right now and watch a movie (laughs) in a theater. I can't do it in California, though. Uh,
1: but let's get to the meat and potatoes of the title of our, our podcast. Yeah, shot the, the second half of our X Men trilogy. Um, where we left off in our last episode, we were talking about Stryker and his relation to his son, who has mutant abilities, and how he basically extracted this serum from his son. Uh, and utilized it to control other mutants.
0: Yeah, he does do that, and that's totally it's so crazy, man. Because his, he, it's like he has this like conflicting, you know, thoughts about what he wants to do. Because one, he just like hates mutants, you know. But then at the same time, his like his like we said, his his own son is a mutant, so he, he's got to have these like feelings towards them as well. You know, and I think his feeling towards them is either is one that he just wants to get rid of them, and two, he wants to try to control them. You know,
1: I think in the movie, he, if I re- remember correctly, he said that his son died a long time ago. He had taken his son to Xavier at one point to try and have Xavier help him mm-hmm. with his immune abilities, and he wasn't able to help, so he was stuck dealing with it by himself. And he used probably his military background in order to get get that incorporated into...
0: Some funding or something like that in order to make his experiments work or or happen.
1: And we don't... If you don't read the comics, this is our our first appearance of William Stryker. It is. He... We see him uh, in X-Men Origins Mm -hmm. later, younger. So we... Know that he is involved with this military funding of some sort right. when it comes to experimenting on, with mutants, you know, and utilizing them for military operations and stuff. And then even later on, we see William Striker again in X Men: First Class. Right. So he's a he's kind of been around with the military, and they're that overlap of military versus mutant and then wanting to use mutant abilities towards as a weapon, a military weapon, instead of just letting it be like, how can I get, how can I use this mutant's ability for warfare instead of just letting people live as they are?
0: Yeah. Use it to our, how can we use their abilities to our advantage?
1: Yeah. And that's why this movies called X-Men United because you see Xavier and Magneto's team teaming up for because there's a greater threat right working together Uh, one of the other things I like about this movie is that you start to see Pyro thinking you know what maybe this school thing Xavier's way isn't the way that I want to go. Yeah,
0: this X-Men way is not the...
1: I remember him flicking his lighter and showing Magneto what he can do. And I think Magneto says to him that he's a god among men or something Yeah, like yeah, he did say that, yeah. And so you see him leave in like a helicopter with Magneto at some point. So he ends up jumping ship. Um, and before Magneto leaves, he ends up tying... Striker to a wall, like a dam wall mm-hmm. with chain, right where nobody can free him at all, and the dam is on the verge of breaking. I do so. All of the X Men jump into the X Wing, except for Jean Grey.
0: Yeah, yeah, she ends up uh staying behind mm-hmm. because she can, you know, she has the power to be able to st- stop the.
1: She uses her powers okay. because the X wing won't fly.
0: Yeah, she has and to get so it she out. she has to it.
1: get it out of the air, and she gets it out of the air long enough for the dam to break. And as the water, like, flows over her, I think she stops some of it for a while. But when it does flow over, you see the silhouette of the Dark Phoenix. Oh yeah, of the phoenix. Of the phoenix, then and that's you're the like first,
0: <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I. You, when you are watching it in the theater, everybody did that at the, <laughs> the theater. Everybody get out. Oh, really? "It's happening! Oh yes. my god! There's the Phoenix!" Right. So yeah, I. Um, that was a that was a pretty epic scene in this particular movie, that, that that particular ending part where her where she lifts up the, the X wing and she's stopping the water from hitting everybody, and then you see the Phoenix. Definitely a, uh, a scene that really stands out in that particular movie is for sure. Um,
1: and I think the way that it left off with the first one being good and the second one being better, the third one, okay, so what's going to come of The Phoenix? Like, everybody's wondering, everyone's waiting, and then we wait for, and we're sitting and we're watching The Last Stand, which is the third part, third movie of our trilogy. Yeah,
0: The, the Last Stand and which was in 2006. So, I mean, so we they were pretty like 5 years? Yeah, so we went from 2000, 3 years later, 2003 they did X-Men United. Mm-hmm. Then what? 2
1: years later. 2 years. So you said 2005, right?
0: No, 2000 for X-Men. Okay, so three 2003 years. for uh, X-Men and three United years. and then another 3 years we waited for The Last Stand. Mhm. And ah uh, I don't know, man. Like, if I'm going to wait three years for you to put out another movie, I want it to be on point. Especially if it's going to be your last one. So, And I'm not saying it was horrible. It, I'm just...
1: It's, there, there was good and bad. I'm not
0: going to lie to you, bro. I fell asleep watching it the <laughs> other day. <laughs> I, I started off watching X-Men Last Stand. Ended up... X-Men Last Stand was watching me.
1: This movie had my favorite vil- uh, Marvel villain in it. And I was looking forward to seeing how he was going to be portrayed on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And I was sadly disappointed. And that's Juggernaut.
0: Juggernaut. Yeah, I thought he was going to... I really thought that they would have utilized him better, man, than they did. And they just put a guy in a suit with a helmet on. And he he threw, threw Wolverine around a couple times and that was it bro
1: so what I remember about this movie is the, the main story is revolves around the development of kind of a vaccine or a cure for mutants and I think it starts out with Angel
0: yeah uh, Archangel his he, his father
1: comes he comes Archangel later from, right so but, Angel. Angel yeah uh he his father wants him to get the cure and he agrees, his father's in, involved in politics so mm-hmm. he kind of wants to have, use his son to set an example that right. uh, this, is, this is what can happen for you if you choose to accept this and he changes his mind last minute, jumps out a window and you see Angel fly and Angel's one of the original X-Men that is in School of Xavier along with Iceman and Jean Grey and Cyclops and Beast. So for them to finally bring Angel on board it was nice mm-hmm. I mean, but we transition over to seeing that now that this cure is available uh, Rogue is considering getting it. To get yeah
0: cured. yeah she she does. And um, you can see the conflict, conflict, I was conflict, the conflict in her, at the moment when she's trying to make this decision if it's something that she wants to do or not. You know, because you feel bad for her because of her ability; it prevents her from being able to like interact with anybody at all, physically. physically you know. And so you kind of feel for her in a way to where, yeah, maybe that's something, if that's what she needs in her life is to be able to to do that, to be able to have the, the sense of being able to feel people and touch people and have that in her life, then yeah, then that was probably a good idea for her to do that. But at the same time, it's like, why would you even want to do that, man? You got this most epic power ever, you know? Why would you want to get rid of it, dude? Like, why would you want to, like, give... Take, have somebody be able to take away something that is like this gift?
1: Uh, she wants to get rid of it because in the movies they didn't let her use it at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. I mean, yeah, how do you go they, with
0: that? Like, if, <laughs> you know, I was like seriously, like if you're not gonna let me use my powers to the, my ability, then shoot, I might as well just get rid of it. You know? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Shame on them for doing that. I, I God, you're right, dude. Like that was probably the one of the the most underutilized characters in the entire series from beginning to end. hmm There was so much to her ability that they could have used, right? And they just let it fall to the wayside, man. Like, it just, they just, it was sad. I was, I was so disappointed in that. Like, there's so, uh, there so much you could have done with her character.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the uh, scenes that I remember the most when it comes to the introduction of Juggernaut is that he's on this Mm semi-truck and he's locked in place with other mutants. And Magneto and Mystique are going to retrieve them and he uses his powers to flip over the semi or stop it. And they open up the back and there's several mutants. Mm -hmm. Juggernaut's one of them not impressed, and then there's multiple men.
0: Right, which they did utilize pretty well in it, and mm-hmm. his they, character.
1: They utilize his character, um, and from what I understand, James Franco is supposed to be doing a standalone film portraying multiple men at some point. Huh. I don't know if it's still on board now that Disney owns Fox or not, but that was something that was supposed to happen.
0: Yeah, well, we don't know, because like there was other movies that were supposed to take place before Disney took over Fox and those aren't happening now. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, one, one interesting note about this X-Men Last Stand is that... Um, so, Brian Singer, right, is the one that directed the first two. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to do the third movie, he opted out because he wanted to do Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, in doing that... His initial replacement was uh, Matthew Vaughn, right? Uh, he was supposed to, but here, here, here's the, here's the, here's the big thing, because Hugh Jackman, right, was a vital part of the X Men trilogy, and they wanted to try to keep him happy, and Fox was trying to make sure that this uh, they didn't lose him or they didn't he didn't decide to opt out of doing. Any more movies for them? They uh, they gave Hugh Jackman the green light to make the decision on who the director was going to be. Wow. So they brought in uh, Brett Ratner. Hugh Jackman sat down with him. Had to meet Hugh Jackman. Who the heck is Hugh Jackman, dude? No offense, dude. The guy's great actor. He's whatever, right? I get it. You're Wolverine, bro. But this isn't a Wolverine movie. This is an X-Men movie. But they sure as heck made it a Wolverine movie because all they wanted to do was keep Hugh Jackman happy. And they allowed him to sit down, to sit down, I should say, sit down with Brian Ratner. And once Hugh Jackman gave the green light, then that's who they went with.
1: As far as the casting is concerned? No, as
0: far as the director.
1: Oh, okay. And so from that point on, what was his involvement?
0: And as far as that, after that, what was his involvement? Just being Hugh Jackman.
1: Oh, okay, I thought he had more of like a producer involvement or side. That's sci-fi. enough, dude. I mean, to be <laughs> honest with you,
0: come on. He so if anything, if anything, here we go. Why don't we just blame this crappy movie on Hugh Jackman because he's the guy that picked the director to do the movie in the beginning? Well, why didn't they just wait out Brian's um, Brian Singer? Singer why didn't they just wait him out, let him do his movie? We already waited three years for this movie to come out anyway. And then give him the reins back when he was done.
1: One of the... I don't know who wrote the script, but one of the the vital mistakes I feel was at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jean Grey is starting to transition over to being the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And... Cyclops is trying to help her and in the process of helping her she kills him. She kills him. (laughs) You don't kill off one of the main characters. That's your franchise, man. Yeah, you don't kill off one of the main characters at the beginning of this is the same mistake that I saw happen in in the Dark Phoenix movie. Oh
0: my god, man. Let's go to the Super Bowl. Right? Let's go to the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. and let's leave Tom Brady at home. (laughs) Just saying, come on, dude. You don't kill off your franchise player, man. I don't. I, right and especially right in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense to me maybe, at all.
1: Maybe they ran out of money and they couldn't pay him to be the whole thing.
0: <laughs> maybe Hugh Jackman decided he needed to die. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else got to stick around, right? I, I don't know, man. So you you had mentioned the. the the script is the screenplay was written by um, Simon Kinberg and Zach Penn. Mm-mm. All right, so there, you, put that out there.
1: So, in addition to finally getting to see a, a disappointing juggernaut on screen, we see some other characters that haven't really been involved. Besides Angel, you also we got finally get to see Kitty Pryde. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was kind of cool seeing that element of, of her power walking through walls and I remember a fight scene They, they finally figure out that this vaccine isn't just from a lab mm-hmm. They figure out that it's actually from a mutant child and that when you get near this even you only You don't have to get anything extracted anything from him. Just if you get close to him that in itself takes away your mutant ability for that moment. And then if you step away from it, then you get it back.
0: Like we saw what happened with Beast when he walked into mm-hmm. the room with him. Mm-hmm. He was able to see his own hand for a moment. You know, but as soon as he walked away from him, he continued to be so, Beast.
1: So this agency that was creating this vaccine or whatever you want to call it, they were holding him. Kind of
0: against his will. Like hostage, man. It seemed like they were holding him hostage, huh? I mean, he wasn't like in a bad situation. It looked like they were taking care of him, but he didn't want to be there.
1: And they were using a mutant to, for lack of a better word, cure other mutants. Now, was characters like Rogue and then other mutants that were their physical appearance might change because of their mutant power Mm -hmm. or mutant abilities? I could understand why they would want a cure. Well,
0: I mean, we saw the first person they actually, we saw the cure actually work on was Mystique.
1: Right. During the same semi-scene that I mentioned earlier.
0: Right. With the uh, freeing of the Juggernaut. Because mm-hmm. he was actually going there to free Mystique, Magneto was. Right. He was actually going there to free Mystique. Ended up freeing Juggernaut and Moltoman as mm-hmm. well. But in the process, Mystique got shot with one of those arrows, saving Magneto.
1: And then that was a really sad moment, and it let you know exactly how hardcore mutant Magneto is. He turned the, his
0: back on her, dude. Mm-hmm. He was thug life in her, man. He's like, yo. That was sad. I, Sam, I could
1: not believe that he, after hey, all that time. Man, he
0: dipped on her hard. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're not one of us no more. Peace. <sighs> cold-blooded. That was cold, man. You know? Mm-hmm. That was cold blooded. I didn't even Sorry. Like, dang. No mean
1: power, you can't be in our game.
0: Right. Got no got no love for you. None. Negative. That was tough. I oh what can you do, man? What can you do? But yeah, the the movie the movie in general was it was good. I just again I I keep going back to it. I felt like it was just Another, another Wolverine movie, man. I felt like it was really based on him.
1: Well, the there's a, a little Easter egg in this movie that I remembered, and because Cyclops isn't the only one who technically gets killed off. I think at the beginning of this movie, they were talking about a, a form of transcendence, and changing, like transition, being able to transfer someone's consciousness from one person to the to next.
0: next. Yeah, and that's when um, Professor Xavier was actually the one saying that. He he made that suggestion that it was possible, mm-hmm. right? Cuz he showed us a video of a guy in a hospital bed that was that
1: like, was at the very end of the credits. That, no, no, it was in the
0: beginning. It was there in was the beginning, a, but at the end of the, the credits, credits is where you see the actual You
1: actually see hear him speak and it's the voice of Xavier, Xavier. because the Dark Phoenix had destroyed him into dust.
0: Dust, dude. Like, she went cold-blooded on him. After all he did with That was like... <laughs> people was cold in this movie, man. Like, she killed... Not only did she kill... Pres, uh, um, Cyclops. Cyclops, the guy that she was in love with for, like, a long... Por- the first two mo- movies, right? Then she goes off and kills uh, Professor Xavier who like took her under his wing and took care of her the whole time. I don't know, man. That was cold-blooded. She was, she was ruthless. Mm -hmm. Ruthless. Um, you know, a little fun fact about, uh, this particular movie. In the first two movies, uh, Professor Xavier's Wheelchair, right? Mm -hmm. They used, they had one made and it was authentic and they made it, right? And, um, they used it for the first two movies. Then after the first, after the X Men uh, United movie, they auctioned it off, and sold it, and some guy bought it. I don't, I don't know how much he bought it for. I couldn't find out how much he bought it for, but they auctioned it off, and so when it came time to do the, the third movie, they needed the wheelchair back.
1: You see. Mm-hmm. And
0: instead of putting out the money, they said instead of putting out the money to make him a new one because it would have probably cost, it would have cost them more money, they just rented it from the guy that they actually oxed it off to, right? So not only, it's crazy, he, he, he bought it from him, but then he started making his money back. <laughs> <laughs> he started making his money back because he rented it off to him so that they can use it in the next movie. Exactly. That's crazy, right?
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a nice nod to the continuity of the movie. Uh, I have to go back about what you said regarding Brian Singer opting out in order to do Superman Returns because mm. a lot of people didn't like that movie.
0: The Superman That's Returns? hmm
1: mm. And he was interviewed back in 2009, mm-hmm. and he admitted that he regretted declining to direct The Last Stand. Yeah. And he had that moment of regret when he realized his mistake before he decided to watch the movie, while he was watching the movie, and after he finished watching the movie.
0: You're talking about Brian Singer. No, but you're talking about what movie? Superman?
1: The Last Stand.
0: Oh, The Last Stand. He
1: regretted opting out to direct that. Yeah. The moment he was about to watch it, while he was watching it, and after he finished watching
0: it. Yeah, because that's when he realized, before he watched it, that this movie's going to be crap. And then while he was watching it, he's like, Oh man, this movie's crap. And then when he got done watching it, he was like, Yup, mm-hmm. that movie was crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well that's that is what it is, man. I mean he should have he should've should not have opted out, but he did. I I personally didn't feel like Superman Returns was a horrible movie. I actually kinda I actually kinda liked it. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was too bad.
1: It, it had its moments. Yeah, it
0: definitely had its moments. Uh, I I don't feel like it was the worst movie ever. I feel like it was better than this X Men movie, you know. But yeah, I just uh, all in all, all in all, this this series this series as far as being you know, it was I think it was one of the first no because they had because um, we had Batman that Batman series uh, that came out first right. Mm-hmm. the Batman trilogy the mm-hmm. original set uh, which were pretty good but I mean as far as like an X-Men their first their first stab at the X-Men you know movies and the X-Men content that's out there that they can make these characters I-, I feel like they did all in all a good job their first time out
1: uh, it, it was good um, another thing I wanted to say about The Last Stand is that You put all this hype in X2 that revolved around Nightcrawler, and you didn't bring him back for the third one.
0: Yeah. What was that about, dude?
1: And oddly enough, I found out that he was just supposed to make a cameo appearance. How do you... Why? But... but I understand now that you left him out because you're only going to bring him in for a cameo appearance. This is a character that just needs to was in the last movie, it needs to be in this one too. Okay. Even if you're going to have the Dark Phoenix kill him off too.
0: <laughs> right. I Whatever. But, okay, look. Cameo doesn't mean, to me, if, if somebody's making a cameo in a movie, then that means they just have a little short part in the movie. Nothing huge. Right? But this guy had si- some significant scenes in the movie that played key roles. Mm-hmm. Okay, that opening scene in the beginning when he's fight, fighting through the, the White House into the Oval Office, the president and stabs the knife. That's a, that's a huge scene, mm-hmm. right? Then that, that scene where he's meeting up with Rogue, I mean, not Rogue, but Storm and um, who else was there? Uh, Storm and uh, was it Gene? And he's to have that conversation with them in the church. At and then
1: the, not just that, at the end of the movie um, of of X two, Stryker's son is inside that inside the machine by himself and nobody can get in except for Nightcrawler. Except for Nightcrawler. But and then, he, then we it's that moment that he he usually says, Oh, I have to see where I'm going in order to go there, and he makes a leap of faith and takes That's a huge storm, storm with him through
0: Exactly. And then he's the one that saves Rogue. That's not a cameo, bro. That's an actual parts in the movie, man. That, he didn't make a cameo. He was actually part of the freaking movie. Mm-hmm. Because so, if, he wasn't, if, if he wasn't there, then those people wouldn't be still around.
1: So the reasoning that I found out that he wasn't in the third movie is one, they only wanted to do a cameo and they didn't. And the prosthetic makeup process they didn't feel was worth putting the actor through just for a cameo. And here's the top it off. They had an X-Men official video game that the character of Nightcrawler appeared in and stated that it, in this movie, the reasoning that he left the X-Men between the second movie and the third movie is that he didn't appreciate their life of action and violence.
0: Oh my god, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. That's probably why they, that's probably why they shot Mystique in the beginning of the movie because they didn't want to pay, they didn't want to spend the extra money on painting her up. Yeah, they
1: saved so much money on Mystique. Uh, on Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler, not bringing him back they brought gave us a whole bunch of characters we didn't really ask for maybe kitty pride and a really awful juggernaut and who thinks of multiple man
0: a juggernaut That's... that you didn't even need cgi for mm. <laughs> right right i mean come on dude you know you killed off all the characters that you needed either makeup or cgi for mm-hmm. all right except for obviously and then you you even killed off uh, Professor Xavier, right? Mm-hmm. So you kill off all of these characters so you don't have to spend money on them. Jeez, <laughs> oh, man. It, it, Talk it, about it, trying to keep your budget down, bro, yeah. for real.
1: And I don't re- really remember a lot of Halle Berry being in the third movie very much. She was in it, but she almost wasn't. She,
0: she had that scene in the end where they had that battle scene and she... You know, she she made the fog come into play. So she
1: almost was not in the third movie, too. Because she didn't feel like the character development was there for her to reprise the role of Storm. (laughs) And... (laughs) I don't blame her, dude. And she... uh, uh, had recently also had her blockbuster flop of Catwoman. So... That had left the bad taste in people's mouths, and in order to see her on the screen again.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but, Speaking of Catwoman, did you?
1: But, uh, yeah, go
0: ahead. Speaking of Catwoman, there's a rumor going around. There's a rumor going around. Oh, sorry. About me and you. It's a song. I'm sorry. I got it stuck in my head now. Uh, um, that Michelle Pfeiffer is supposed to is. And talks of wanting to re, uh, redo her role, reprise her role as Catwoman in in some sort of Batman uh, movie.
1: Mm. No. What, what is she like? I'm
0: good. What is she like? Ninety? How old is she? Who? Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know, dude. How old is she, man? She like she gotta be like.
1: I think she could Coast. still pull it off.
0: She probably could, but she'd have to be like handing down the reins or something, man. I don't know. Anyway, we said, you said Catwoman, so I I just had read that.
1: So their justification for Storm being in this movie is, it because, <laughs> is because Cyclops and Xavier aren't there anymore to be the team leader. <laughs>
0: It's true, because Xavier told her, right? He said, well, I hope it's someday that you'll take her, you'll take the reins. <laughs> well, she sure is like that, too, man. Right. It, it was forced upon her. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, at the time this movie was made, it cost $210 million to make. Mm-hmm. And at, it was the most expensive movie ever made at that point. Yeah,
0: that's... All, they spent all that money on what, dude? They killed off like ten, <laughs> a multitude of characters, bro. Like, what did they spend the money on? You know what they spent the money on? They spent it on all that CGI for uh, the Phoenix. Uh,
1: The CGI and Hugh Jackman.
0: It was his paycheck. <laughs> That's what it was. Probably. It was his fat paycheck he got for doing that movie. Oh, my gosh. You know, ultimately,
1: uh, at the end of the movie you know, it seemed the way that they played it out that Wolverine is the only one that would have been able to stop the chaos that the Dark Phoenix was ensuing on everybody and everything around her
0: so that this movie that we're talking about right the last Stand, you told how much the budget was well they, the box office uh um Box office for that they they, banked in 460.4 million dollars
1: so they made almost double
0: yeah but dude check this number out bro more than double check this number out now this is this is for the all the this is for the 13 films all 13 films movies that the x-men have put out right that's with these three x-men the new x-men movies that have come the wolverine movies Yada yada yada, right? Just take one guess how much you think is banked?
1: Over a billion?
0: Yeah, dude, six point one billion dollars. That's a lot of, that's a lot of change, bro. Like for real, that's a lot of money, a lot of money. And wait, what can you do? I guess they can afford to pay guys like Hugh Jackman lots of money. In order, they're making that kind of money. You would think if they were making that kind of money, they'd be able to have all the characters in the films (laughs) that they need. You know, and not kill them off, like, round one.
1: Well, Brian Singer actually, uh, he said, obviously he would have done the movie differently, no duh. But, specifically, he had mentioned that he would have had a distraught Cyclops build the danger room better. Mm-hmm. in order for the X-Men to be more betterly trained in order to combat the Phoenix at the end of the movie.
0: Oh, yeah, because they had that cheesy little danger room that they were in in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. right? Doing those battles, yeah. And then who goes in and acts all tough guy on it? Wolverine. Mm-hmm. We get it, dude. You got claws, and you can jump really high. Whew. Okay. Anyway. Who cares? A lot of people probably do. A lot of people were probably really happy that he was in that movie doing Uh, all the things he was doing. Also,
1: our favorite, Gambit, was supposed to appear in this movie.
0: And they didn't have the budget for Gambit, bro.
1: (laughs) No, they probably would have blew it just the same way they did in
0: (laughs) Origins. In Origins? Um, Uh, What can he do? Seriously.
1: He's going to appear in the movie, and uh, if it had been. And he would have been, obviously, the love interest for Rogue.
0: For Rogue, for sure. So, yeah, I, Fox
1: ended up decide they already knew, I guess, they were going to do X-Men Origins. And that's when they decided to put Gambit in X-Men Origins instead of introduce him into The Last Stand.
0: The Last Stand. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could have worked if they would have just utilized him better and probably read the script for him a little better, too, in that movie. It would have been nice if they would have. Actually, put some effort into him, but they totally dropped the ball anyway. Um, back to the Michelle Pfeiffer thing, she's 62 years old,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I don't know. I think she's too old to try to come back and do I mean, she probably could do it, but she'd be like Granny out there doing Catwoman, anyway. Yeah, man. So that's pretty much it, dude like as far as x mens concerned yeah uh, and these trilogies trilogies i mean all in all like we said uh I, I wasn't too disappointed in it it would have been nice to see brian singer finish them all off maybe we need a brian singer cut for the x-men movie. yeah we, x-men's last stand
1: back in the early 2000s we didn't get the benefit of having social media be what it is today for people to petition getting uh the original directors version of movies like they are now. Like they are now.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, it it just goes to show like how one man's mindset on how he wants the movie to be directed should stand. You know? Like you should, if you're going to start with a director, you should end with that director. You know? Because you could see how far off the beaten path uh, Retner went in his direction on how he thought the movie should end. You know, it would be so. Like I said, it would be so interesting to see what Brian Singer would have done with this movie, and how and if it would have been any better. Which mm-hmm. so I think it would have, because he made a progression. You know, from one to two. So you would think that he would make a. He would have made a progression from two to three. At least you would have hoped. But we'll never know. So, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Can't mm-hmm. do anything about it now.
1: Nope. That was 2006, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, anyway. Alright, dude. I guess that's it, man. We'll, we hope you enjoyed us talking about X-Men. Yeah, finishing out the rest of the series today. Yeah, and uh, we uh, appreciate our listeners. Man, we've had... Dude, like in the last month, mm-hmm. in the last month, we have, we've took a jump in listeners,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So
1: not only in listeners, uh, we interestingly enough had a, a post on our Instagram that's now gotten over, I want to say almost 1,800 views.
0: Yeah, we're almost at 2,000 views on a post that we put out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, we are starting to definitely see some fruits to our labor. Yeah, and we're, we're
1: getting some traction. Yeah,
0: and we, what we need from our listeners for sure is tell a friend. Mm-hmm. One one listener tells one person, mm-hmm. they start listening. Now we got one more follow, one more listen follower. You mm-hmm. know, listener follower, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, podcast man. edition. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: So, man, you know, put boots to grounds for us, man, and go out there and tell somebody about us and let them know, hey, these guys are kind of crazy. You know, they're just talking. They're just keeping it real. That's all we're doing. Yeah, we're not professionals. We just like to sit here and, ch- you know, talk with each other and.
1: But uh, having said that, I want you that you who's listening. To us right now. Just take a minute, make a draft email, send it to Beacon76Show at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know an idea that you have. This idea of this podcast came from another podcaster, Justin from the Ex-Wife Podcast, and we've made a podcast out of his idea, and we want to hear from you what you think of today's podcast or if you have an idea of something you want to hear insight or our opinions on. and uh, We'll probably chuck another one out and we'll give you the recognition just like we gave them the recognition for the idea of a podcast that we're doing.
0: Yeah, we have no problem giving shout outs Mm -mm. at all. We will shout you out for sure. If you have a podcast that you want to have mentioned on our podcast, hit us up. Let us know, man. We will definitely talk with you and put you and shout you out for giving us an idea, you know. And th- that's definitely a possibility for us for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, feel free to go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, or hit us up on Instagram at Beacon underscore seventy six. Check out some of the content we're putting out, and uh, we're going to be posting some of our podcast episodes for you to be able to link up. We have a link to our podcast on there as well. If you,
0: yeah, there'll definitely be a link up uh, once I post the podcast. Uh, I usually will set up a, a link that you can, uh, you can get via our Instagram, and it will take you directly to Spotify or where you can listen to uh, our content. So, thank. But we,
1: you. we appreciate you tuning in. Let people know about it, and uh, we hope to hear from you soon. And be sure to stay safe out there.
0: Yeah. Peace out, guys. Peace out.